Honey, the baby's in bed. Do you want to... Talk about comics? Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. So first off, a little bit about us. Uh, We are a married couple. And as you maybe heard in our intro, we do have a a child. And uh, in our abundant free time, we (laughs) we enjoy comics. And we wanted to share that with you. Yeah, it turns out when you have a kid, it's really hard to have hobbies where you end up leaving the house. So we have a lot of ones where we stay in the house. So like reading comics. So the way that we really wanted to express um, our love of comics in podcast form is um, talking about big, flashy crossover events. Because what is more exciting than that? How many characters can we jam-pack into one issue? Uh, and the, the one we're going to talk about in a bit, probably a little more than necessary. No. <laughs> so, um, our very first crossover that we're going to be talking about, um, issue by issue, so this is kind of a deep dive style podcast, is Secret Wars, specifically number one. So, um, you might be wondering why we're talking about Secret Wars. Why wouldn't we start with Secret Wars? Uh, when we look at the uh, crossovers that happened prior to this, they aren't big events. When you think about the first big crossover event, right. it's Secret Wars. Yeah. It's kind of strange how Secret Wars came about. It, in, in case um, you listeners don't know, Secret Wars actually was originally just kind of a giant toy commercial in comic book form. Um, Mattel, um, came to Marvel and wanted to do a partnership with them, but they had lots of demands about, um, how the crossover needed to go. So it needed to have, um, lots of characters. It needed to have a whole new setting with lots of fun, like vehicles and toys and sets that they could manufacture. Right. And so the... Um, editor-in-chief at Marvel, um, Jim Shooter, decided he was the only one who could write this. Um, there, Jim Shooter's kind of a polarizing figure in comics, I feel like. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't want to get into that too much. Um, I really just want to get into um, Secret Wars, uh, which Secret Wars itself is somewhat polarizing. The first time I tried to read the first issue a few years ago, I decided I couldn't get through it, which in retrospect to me seems kind of a little silly because um i had a lot of fun reading this issue well i think if you are just diving into it for simply for the sake of enjoyment there is a lot of opportunity to get overwhelmed sitting down reading it deciding all right i'm going to do all the research to really get what's going on in this story um it made it a little bit uh easier to get through because well just right off the bat um the cover itself, it had, by my count, 16 different characters on it. Yeah, the cover is just packed with characters. And don't worry, people who are new to Marvel Comics, we're going to try to make this as um, entry-level as possible, which I wouldn't necessarily say Secret Wars does a great job of. No. No. Maybe... They do try. 
I'm uh Secret Wars was written before I was born. So maybe if I had been reading at the comics at the time that it was written, is some of this would have made a little bit more sense, but I had to do some historical research into who these different heroes were at the time that it was written. Which knowing you you probably hated. Well, as our listeners will find out, I love notes. Um, so yes, it was terrible. I hated every <laughs> moment of this research. Um, your host, Christina is a teacher. Um, so she is very organized and research heavy. Uh, whereas your host, Chris, just kind of cobbled together some notes and we'll see how it turns out. Um, so let's dive into Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after the cover, there's the very first page, um, which kind of, I wouldn't say in media res, but almost it's just like bam everybody's there um yeah the i mean it's just starts off boom we're in space because why not yeah and all the heroes are there uh yes yes uh is it the first page that we get a roll call? Well, second page. It's second and third because it's a big double page splash. Mm-hmm. Um, a splash page, for those of you who don't know, is when um, instead of the comic breaking into panels, it takes up a whole page or more than a whole page. So we get this uh, fantastic roll call of heroes. Um, we, um, we've got this, uh, big spread of them to start with. The roll call actually doesn't come for another, another page. They go through and they're like, oh, who's all here? But this, uh, this big splash page, um, I really enjoy because all of these characters have just been zapped in from all these different places. The Avengers were checking out some sort of weird gateway in Central Park and suddenly, you know, six of them are there and they're, they've just all popped up, um, in space. Because uh, reasons that uh, that uh, Mr. Fantastic can explain. Right. Well, kind of. Mr. Fantastic's such a know-it-all. <laughs> and he is in this, too. He's ridiculous. This much I can tell you, Captain Marvel. This device apparently caused some atomic particle dissociation, reducing us as we entered to proto-matter, which it stored. Blah, 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 blah. They got teleported. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it... Uh, the Hulk, um, so those of you who, who know the Hulk at all, you know, he's kind of like a somewhat, uh, mindless monster, not completely mindless, but, mm-hmm. uh, and then in this, he's kind of speaking like a, like a normal human being, mm-hmm. uh, which they drop in later on. They let you know, oh yeah, Bruce, now that you've got your, you know, it's your brain in there. It's weird hearing your voice, you know, come out of Hulk. So, right. So Bruce Banner is now. Also, the Hulk, when he's Hulk, so he has the same kind of mind regardless of what he looks like. So he basically gets the awesomeness of She-Hulk. Yeah, he's basically, which She-Hulk's also <laughs> here too, but yeah, he's basically just, they, they're like, oh man, we should make him She-Hulk for a little while. So we've got this massive amount of heroes that are just like, what just happened? Why are we here? And uh, that the next page, I believe they try to sort it all out. All right, who's here? So we get this nice lineup, this nice roll call. They're all in order. They're like, okay, let's go through. And basically, <laughs> it's like take attendance. Who's here? Roll call. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so who is here, Christy? Um, well, let's start off with the Avengers. Uh, we've got Wasp, 
She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, and Iron Man. Now, if uh, you are a current reader of comics, not all of these characters are who you might think they might be. So let, let, let's just let's just do a quick uh, rundown. Uh, so we've got first off the current leader of the Avengers, Wasp, um, which I think's pretty cool at this point. Uh, she is not with Ant Man. They, uh, you know, he went to jail for some abuse related issues. Yes. Yeah. So she's a strong, independent woman that is leading the Avengers. Um, and, you know, she's got her awesome shrinky uh, powers and wasp powers. Uh, we've got She-Hulk, which is basically the Hulk, but always smart. She... Right. Um, Jennifer Walters, I think, is She-Hulk's oh, name. Oh, let me consult oh, boy. the notes. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Walters. And uh, Wasp was uh, Janet Van Dyne. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so She-Hulk, also a lawyer, super smart lady, as Hulk and not. Um, I know. I feel like some of the some of the women in this crossover particularly are super awesome, and some of the dudes not quite <laughs> not quite so. Um, uh, but yeah, She Hulk got got her powers from Bruce Banner's blood. Um, and then we've got Captain Marvel, who is not the Captain Marvel if you read comics currently that you might think of. We have uh, Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. Right. She's also not the first person who's known as Captain Marvel. That's a dude who's an alien. Um, not necessarily important for the scope of, of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Like uh, many superheroes, she got her powers in a, a scientific accident. Um, she was working as a lieutenant um, in New Orleans when that happened and uh, wind, uh, wound up joining the Avengers, uh, being mentored by Captain America and Wasp before she's invited to become a full-fledged member. Well, if I remember correctly, she can turn into any form of energy. Mm-hmm. She can turn into gamma rays, x-rays. If it's got ray at the end, she can probably <laughs> turn into it. Could she turn into a manta ray? <laughs> I think that's a different superhero. <laughs> but gosh, I wish. I want Monica Rambo to say that she turns into an everybody loves ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could have a lot of fun with this, but um, we should probably keep going. Um, so, uh, those are our, those are our, um, ladies in the Avengers roll call. Then we've got, uh, Thor, um, who is, you he's know. He's just Thor. He doesn't have a secret identity. He, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Thor Odinson, if we're going to get the full name in there, but. That's true. I think there's very few among us that are not familiar with Thor, so I don't feel like we yeah, have Yeah, God of Thunder has super cool hammer, is like probably the most, the most powerful Avenger at any given time. Um, Thor is great. I love Thor. Um, we also have Captain America, um, specifically Steve Rogers, Captain America, who, mm-hmm. um, was f- frozen in ice after World War II, um, was thawed by the Avengers in a very early issue. Mm-hmm. He's not currently part of the Avengers team, but, like, his name is synonymous with, like, the Avengers. He is part of the Avengers team. They, I'm pretty sure they later mentioned he's not current, or he's not oh. currently part of the team, but showed up anyway. They literally say, like, showed up anyway. <laughs> Well, he was with the Avengers when they went through the gateway. Yes. I think, okay. I think he's not um, He's not with them on every adventure. Um, 
Listeners, if you have any sort of corrections, we are an um actually safe podcast. Just don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got um, Hawkeye, Clint, Clinton Barton. Clinton? Clinton is the full name. I'm pretty sure he goes by Clint. He does go by Clint. Clinton. But that's his full name. His Christian name is Clinton Barton. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got fun backstory. If you didn't know, uh, orphaned, uh, joined the circus with his brother, got trained uh, and betrayed by some evil circus folks, uh, and uh, uses his awesome skills now to help out the Avengers. Yeah, his awesome skills of bow and arrow. Uh, yeah, that's Hawkeye. Um, next, we have Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Now, Iron Man... Not Tony Stark. Yep. No, this is not your Tony Stark Iron Man. We've got James Rhodes, uh, known now primarily as War Machine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Goes by goes by Rhodey quite a bit. Yeah. Tony Stark had some had some rough times. Had some substance abuse yeah, is issues. This, is this Demon in a Bottle era? This is uh, yeah. Tony Stark's like, hey, I can't can't do this anymore. Okay. I'm going to pass this off to you, and. You know, event eventually, you know, Tony Stark recovers, but he's still like, "Hey, you can hang on to this for a little while. I don't, I don't want to do this for a bit." So, right. we've got, um, yeah, we've got this interesting period of James Rhodes uh, filling in for Iron Man. Yes, um, that's not super indicative on the pages. This was mainly through extra research so yes. far. Yes, yes. Um, maybe, and maybe it's, if there's any lead up, like if you've been reading Avengers beforehand, maybe it's a little more evident. But, like, he gets, like, two lines and he's in the Iron Man suit, so... Right, right. Research. Yeah, we wouldn't have even known, yeah. So, the Avengers... This isn't even all of the Avengers uh, here. They they had some left behind, um, you know, Scarlet Witch, Star Fox. Vision was about to rejoin them. Oh, God, Star Fox. <laughs> Star Fox is, is, if I remember right, gross. Like, actually gross. Well, not here. <laughs> so, let's talk about who is here. Uh, yeah, so now we're going on to our team um, that was kind of taken from the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, which starts with Professor Xavier. So, Professor Xavier is the um, somewhat ambiguously um, creepy, at times, <laughs> mentor of the X-Men. Early comics. I don't think he's that bad now, but man. I read some Silver Age X-Men, and I'm like, ooh, Professor X. Um, he has the power of telepathy, and he um, is confined to a wheelchair. He, um... I think, I think a lot of people are familiar with Professor X. Right. But yeah, there's the basics. Yeah, he had, uh, he had, that, that is pretty much the basics. There's Storm, Aurora Monroe. So, um, Storm is an African mutant who has the power to control the weather. Mm-hmm. And uses it to great effect um, in this issue later on. Yeah, she's super rad in this issue. Then we've got um, Nightcrawler, who's Kurt Wagner, who is um, a German mutant. Um, a lot of the, the, literally most of the mutants that were picked out of this team, well, I guess a few, are from um, the relaunch of X-Men, where they decided they wanted to be a little more international. Um, so back to Nightcrawler, sorry. He has the power to teleport short distances. He's also covered in blue fur. He looks kind of like your stereotypical devil, um, which he gets a lot, like, he gets a lot of flack for. 
Yeah, uh, unfortunate. And you wonder how the blue really even factors into the path. He just is blue. He just, just happens to be. Yeah, he's a mutant. He teleports and is also blue. Kurt is one of my favorite X-Men. I love Kurt. Um, we've got Rogue. Um, Who doesn't do a lot in this issue. No, not almost nothing. Um, Rogue, I don't know if she has a name yet or has been given one yet. I think she might still just be going by Rogue. Um she kind of has a somewhat mysterious past. She started as a bad guy, though. Um, Rogue has the power to absorb people's powers by touching touching them. And so she wears gloves all the time. She can't touch people. It's it's pathos. Um, we have Chris's favorite. My very favorite, uh, Scott Summers, the, um, the leader of the X-Men, or maybe not at this point, but... Um, Cyclops is Scott Summers. His powers are if his eyes are open, he is shooting out a ray of concentrated force, concussive force beams. Mm-hmm. They're not lasers. Yeah, they're, they're, it's not heat. It's not heat, um, which he controls with a ruby quartz visor. He is um, so type A, it's like practically his superpower. Um, and he, has, he struggles with leadership and stuff. He's kind of a square, but I, I love Scott Summers. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Um and Wolverine. That's all we need to say. <laughs> I don't think you can have a, a Marvel crossover without Wolverine. I think people just don't buy it. Um, and then we've got Colossus, uh, who is, uh, it, you know, he doesn't get a lot of a lot of feature time in current uh, movies and such, but his power is... No, his, he was just in Deadpool, I think. Yeah, his, his uh, skin turns to steel. Yeah, he gets bio-organic steel. Mm-hmm. Um, he is from Russia. Um, so he is like a, he's a Soviet Russian, um, mutant and he is very kind. I feel like he's kind of a kind guy. He currently has somewhat of an ambiguous relationship with another mutant. Kitty Pride, who right. I have some issues with her not being here, uh, for reasons <laughs> that are going to become apparent with the next, uh, member of the X-Men team that's here, Lockheed, who is... It's Kitty Pride's dragon. It's like well, he's kind of he's, his, he's own his own dragon. He's his own dragon. But they are bros. Like it is the two of them. Why is Lockheed with Kitty Pride's? You know, sort of what whatever they That's are. A weird age difference. Yeah, between Colossus yeah. And Kitty Pride mm-hmm. too. It it doesn't. I don't think it gets explored much in this. Maybe it does. Mm. <laughs> um, and then we, after after our X Men, we kind of have. Um, oh oh oh. No? No, we need to talk about Lockheed's powers. Oh, Not only does he breathe fire, um, but he is empathic and he is immune to telepathy. Oh. Do mm-hmm. you think that do you think that drives Professor Xavier nuts because he can read everybody else's thoughts? I I don't I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if if it does drive him crazy, Lockheed could sense it since he's empathic. <laughs> That's great. Um then um, moving on from the X-Men, we kind of have two loner heroes um, mm-hmm. with the Incredible Hulk, as we mentioned earlier, Bruce Banner. But now Bruce Banner is kind of in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen a whole lot of Hulk stuff, he's just like incredibly strong and like basically indestructible. Yep. Um, that's really. There you go. That's Hulk steel. That's Hulk steel. Um, then we have Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man. Classic web slinger. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man. Constantly down on his luck. Mm-hmm. All the time. Um Powers, proportionate strength and speed of a spider. He has web shooters, can stick to walls, tells a lot of jokes. It's just kind of him. And then we have three members of the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Minus, okay, verify for me 
I believe they call her Invisible Girl in this issue. They which, might, which I don't think... I which drives think me a little... Temporary. Uh, no, so that drove me a little bit bonkers. But she's not here uh, because she's pregnant. Yeah, Susan Storm is pregnant with... Um, with their second child, they already have a child at this point, Franklin Richards. And this, well, we don't have to go into this pregnancy, but it actually, like, it's a sad story and then a weird story and then a happy story. <laughs> uh, so who do we have? So we've got uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yep. Stretchy, smart, kind of kind of a jerk at times. Seems a little oblivious and in, in to, like, people's emotions and stuff. Um, I've read a lot of early Fantastic Four, and he just kind of seemed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Human Torch. Yeah, we have the Human Torch, Johnny Storm. Um, his power, he kind of wreathes himself in fire. He can project fire and fly. He's also sort of quippy, not quite in the Spider-Man way, but they are good pals. So I like that. And then my, one of my very oh. favorites. <laughs> uh, Thing. He is so fantastically sarcastic and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um. The thing, what are they, the envy of millions, um, Aunt Petunia's favorite nephew, he calls himself a million things. Well, in this issue right here, he, during roll call, he calls himself the Easter Bunny. Yeah. So. (laughs) He's kind of covered in a rock skin. The Fantastic Four gained their powers when they went through like a weird field in space. And when they crashed back down, they all got their powers. And while everybody else got super cool powers... It appears that the thing basically just got a weird rocky skin, which just makes him kind of look like a monster. He kind of struggles with that a lot, uh, but he's the best. You could say that he rolls with it. Like rock and rolls? Is that your, is it? Oh. <laughs> um, so that was, that was after that incredibly long roll call. I guess we should probably continue our coverage of this issue. But it's important to know the heroes that we're rolling in in with to Definitely Secret Wars. True. We don't want to because just mention we're, later. We're only going to get more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, it uh, after all these heroes are on this sort of habitat, they look over and can see. Well, Professor Xavier kind of like thought scopes another habitat, which mm-hmm. is packed with which villains. I don't know if we thoroughly explained this. This habitat, it's basically, it seems like a floating space station in the yeah, middle of, they don't know where. it's kind of like a space disc. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, I guess we're here out in space. Mm-hmm. Um, the villains um, are Galactus, the, like, world-eating force of nature kind of hunger god. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Enchantress, who... Refer to notes... Her name. I'm so glad. I don't know the Enchantress super well. Oh, this is Amora. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's an Asgardian goddess. Um, and in, later on in continuity, she and Thor become like an, an item. But uh, mm. basically, her powers are sorcery and seduction, like almost in equal parts. It seems like <laughs> that emphasis is put on there. She gets like but, stereotypical femme fatale powers. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, some uh, interesting things about her powers though, supposedly the further she is from Asgard, the weaker her powers are because she draws her powers from Asgard. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she must be like super weak out here. You would think, I don't know if they, uh, they will address that or not. I guess we'll have to read we'll on find, find out. out. Mm-hmm. So we also have Ultron, who is a um, evil, maniacal robot um, who is accidentally created by um, Hank Pym at some point. 
Um, he's also the creator of the Vision. He's 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 an evil robot. Um, he was known as Ultron Five for a while. I feel like is, they just call uh, him Ultron. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he like adamantium? He is made out of adamantium. Mm-hmm. That's true. So he's also pretty indestructible. Um, then we have the Wrecking Crew. Uh, don't forget. Uh, first, we have Absorbing Man, don't we? Crusher Creel. We do. I'm sorry. I he's um, in the page. He's right next to the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. And since he's he holding... kind of looks like he's part of it because he's <laughs> holding like I think it's his like ball and chain from prison, uh, which he says he has in his mitts. <laughs> I've got it in my mitts. <laughs> yeah. So he almost like at first glance, I I had to do some counting. I was like, is that? No, no, no. Okay, that's so. That's the absorbing. So, man. are you saying if the Wrecking Crew had like an album, there would be one song that's featuring Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man? Definitely. <laughs> oh. So, what is Crusher Creel's power? Um, I, if I remember right, he, he can absorb things. He he absorbs like force. Um, like the bomb goes off, he'd absorb the energy from that, right? He can do that. I I know that he can like if he touches a material. Oh, he can kind maybe, of absorb it along his I'm, skin. I, I don't. I didn't have as extensive notes on the villains because they're villains. Christy <laughs> has a clear hero bias. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he mostly like absorbs material and it will, like go up on his skin. So like if he touches like Ultron, it's like awesome. I could be wrong, um, but I'm pretty sure that's his power. So then, um, oh, are you <laughs> you looking up Crusher Creel to make sure that we're absolutely right? Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, um, your host, Christy's attention to detail is amazing. However, while she's looking that up, I think I can pretty confidently speak about Dr. Doom. Um, Dr. Doom is the best. He is evil and maniacal in all of the greatest ways. He's a Fantastic Four villain who blends science and magic. Um, he hates oh. Reed Richards. Okay, okay, sorry. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Um, well, you are, you are right. He absorbs the physical properties of anything he comes into contact with, but that holds true for his ball and chain. Oh, so he gets like, he gets, so his ball and chain will like turn into stuff too? Yeah. Cause he was oh. holding it when he originally got his powers. Oh man. Um, what are better things he could have held than give his powers? <laughs> like a banana. <laughs> my adamantium banana in my mitts. <laughs> A tennis racket. I don't, I don't know. That might have, that might have been nice. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of all the, of all the things Crusher Creel could have been holding. Um. So we um. Well, while you were having your little um information sabbatical, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. went through Doctor Doom. So um, we also have the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The which consists of the Wrecker and. The Wrecking Crew. So there's four total members here of uh, the Wrecking Crew. Okay, so there's the Wrecker and his Wrecking Crew featuring Crusher Creel. Yes, exactly. Um, so the Wrecker uh, is Dirk Garthwaite, which I can understand why he goes by the Wrecker. <laughs> I would just go by that, like I would, like every day. Um, we've got Bulldozer Henry Camp, Pile Driver. Brian Kaluski and Thunderball Dr. Elliot Franklin. Boy, so, and will these names come up? <laughs> uh, their actual names? Oh, doubtful, doubtful. <laughs> so doubtful. So uh, the Wrecker 
uses crowbar to break into places, burglarize places. He breaks into the wrong place, and Loki's there, uh, and his crowbar that he's using accidentally becomes enchanted and super awesome. Um, yeah, kind of like a mini Mjolnir almost. Like, he gets super, superhuman strength and mm-hmm. durability and stuff. The the enchantment may have gone to him first, but eventually it becomes, like, contained within this crowbar. And yeah. he gets separated from his crowbar and goes to prison where he meets his wrecking crew. Uh, wrecking crew eventually get out of prison. And he's like, all right, we're going to hold my magical crowbar in a lightning storm. You get, We're all going to hold it. And when the lightning strikes, they all get components of that right power so they're all just a bunch of strong tough dudes mm-hmm. yeah uh, i feel like the wrecking crew is like if you're so like let's say you're writing a comic and you need like a gang of somewhat recognizable goons that's just kind of those are the those are the guys you turn to right um then we have the two spider-man villains the lizard which is um dr connor's he became the lizard when he was trying to develop a formula that would regenerate his um, arm. And it also, it, he kind of like used bits of like lizard stuff to do it. And it ended up turning him into somewhat of a half lizard man. Okay, so we um, have Otto Octavius, who's a mad scientist type. Um, he has these mechanical sort of octopus tentacles that he kind of moves around with that are made out of metal. Um, then we have. Um, like a guy who's going to become very important to the storyline, um, Owen Reese, the Molecule Man. His powers are like insane. He can just control molecules. molecules. <laughs> That's everything, <laughs> right? So, um, although he's somewhat of like an un- unwilling participant in super villainy at this stage. Yes, as we find out um, shortly, he is. He's going through therapy. Yeah, he's trying to be on, go on the straight he's... and narrow. Good on you, Owen. Good mm-hmm. on you. Now, the very last villain we have here is Kang the Conqueror, who is a time-traveling Avengers villain. Um, He comes from the far future. He comes to mess stuff up occasionally. He has a bunch of other forms. Like, eventually, Kang the Conqueror becomes Immortus. Um, when he's younger, he's a Ramatut as a pharaoh in the past. Um, Kang's confusing. As far as this is concerned, he has, like, futuristic weaponry and cool stuff like that. Okay. Doctor Doom, he starts to kind of monologue and explain to everybody, all the villains, what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, which he definitely just kind of, like, like seems to take over as the de facto leader. He was just like, hey, we're all here. Some entity brought us here. Um, all of you, <laughs> Ultron, Molecule Man, just he- names every single one of them. Is that him naming them off? I thought it was uh, Professor X probing and doing the the roll call. Uh, no, it's definitely no. Doctor Doom who's okay. who's doing it. Um, and then he says, "Like my built-in sensors detect that there are heroes." <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. Uh, so both the the villains and the heroes are aware of each other's presence. Um, and uh, then we have, on the hero side, uh, we have a, an introduction of uh, another, maybe, hero? Oh, that's right. One of my very favorite um, anti-heroes, villains. Um, so this is Eric Lencher Magneto. Mm-hmm. And he's he's on the hero ship, so whatever force has brought them here has deemed him hero. 
Right. And Cap kind of calls him out right away, or Captain Marvel, rather, is mm-hmm. like, hey, you're a murderer. And Magneto's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't kill innocent people. And they were like, well, what about that whole submarine full of innocent people? <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They, ch- they shot first. Okay. <laughs> Um, my notes say also he's being a hilarious jerk and I love it. <laughs> um, so then the next, um, bit we get is an entire galaxy being destroyed. Yeah. So they've, they've been brought out into space. They get this big old, ga- you know, stars, planets, asteroids, all sorts of, you know, stuff that's just suddenly slowly wipes to blackness, except for one single star. And then like all of the remnants, of all of these planets all kind of merge together to form some sort of weird... Some sort of world? Yeah. Some sort of world that they might use for battle? It's like the patchwork quilt of, it of worlds. It's like it's like a Super Mario map. You know, there's there's ice plates right next to desert place. Uh, no, no discernible ecology. <laughs> <laughs> um... So next, Dr. Doom is, Dr. Doom is pretty impressed with this. He's, he's in on this. Um, however, all the villains then start to sort of experience some infighting. Uh, um, yeah. So they, they're, 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 they're not really team players except for maybe our wrecking crew. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they turn on each other here. Um, the, um, we have some nice explanation of absorbing man's powers on on this page. Yeah, absorbing but, man's wh- totally like, sup, I'm Crusher Creel, the absorbing man. Let me <laughs> let me give you some exposition on my powers. <laughs> yeah. Um just in case you you didn't know how awesome I am, <laughs> let me tell you how awesome I am. You can tell Jim Shooter's being a little heavy handed in explaining this. Well, there's a lot there's a lot going there on is. here. There a lot is. to explain. And so like, he's trying his best to subtly, subtly drop, you know, some exposition and background into the dialogue here. I mean, to be fair, there are comics nowadays where jumping in is nearly impossible. So, I mean, I guess I got to give him that. Um, I love Ultron's line here where he says, I am Ultron. I do not understand the events transpiring. <laughs> and then he decides that because they're, they're people that he has to destroy them because that's his, that's mm-hmm. his deal. Yeah, he turns on, turns on them all. Um, but, uh, here we, uh, uh, coming up with this, this fighting, um, Dr. Doom's trying to convince Molecule Man to do some awesome stuff. And uh, Molecule Man's like, uh-uh. No, <laughs> I'm trying to be on the straight and narrow. Does that, which to me, I'm like, could, did like, when he, yeah, when he uses his molecule powers, like, is he like, no, that can only do this for evil? I feel like I would use molecule powers for good all the time. Mm-hmm. I would make myself a delicious moleculized iced coffee. So the good he decides to do here is just simply chucking Ultron into Galactus. Yeah, he effectively <laughs> uses like highly specialized telepathy or not telepathy, telekinesis, where he's just like, instead of like telekinesis like Jean Grey would do, where she just picks him up with her mind. He decides to move every single one of his molecules <laughs> in the same direction at the same time. Owen Reese could disintegrate all of these people, like, with a thought. He just seems incredibly powerful. Which, I guess it's cool that he also has this weird reluctance to use it. Yeah. 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 
I feel like there's probably some some dark past if we dug into some prior issues. Of, I've uh, read the very first issue he shows up in, and it's a Stan and Jack. Um, and Stan just kind of makes him like a I'm a I'm a bad guy. He goes through some stuff later, though, from what I understand. Um, and then finally we they the rest yeah. of the villains get some notice. Well. First, uh, Galactus, like... Well, that's what I was saying. Notice from Galactus. Oh, oh. Yeah. He just kind of (laughs) looks down and is like, oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he, uh, he is quite annoyed with being, uh, hit by Ultron. And basically, it almost seems like sucks, like, his life force or something. He drains all of his energy. So he's like powered, he's like nuclear powered, which mm. in the eighties that like in the sixties, everything in Marvel was, if it's nuclear, it's like, that's like a buzzword. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe it's not quite so, but, um, yeah, Ultron tries to fight Galactus and is zapped <laughs> and he makes this great sound effect of Rark. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he just kind of drops like a stone and then the rest of the villains are kind of like, oh, we're just going to take a step back here and let the big guy just do his thing. Right. Um, but before anything else can happen, they get a rift in time and space. Um, from beyond. From beyond. We get the um, the line. This is kind of the classic line from Secret Wars, so I might read it out. Mm-hmm. I am from beyond. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. Nothing you dream of is impossible for me to accomplish. Um, we think our, the tagline of our show is probably going to be slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. I mean, that's the motto by which I live my life. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and immediately the big, the big guy, Galactus, wants this, this yeah. anything you can desire thing right He's away. Like, okay, okay, yeah, I want. I want what I desire right now. If you can, you know, just take out a galaxy, bring us all here. Like, this guy probably has the power to take away my hunger to eat worlds. I kind of like Galactus for that. I love it. Um, It's interesting, though, because this is basically, like, this is a yardstick. Galactus is shown to be, like, one of the most powerful beings in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, eventually, I feel like that, as comics are made, that kind of goes down the pole a little bit. But even, like, Galactus is, like, hungry for this Beyonder's power. He calls him Beyonder, uh, which he'll eventually be known as, quote, the Beyonder. But right as of right now, he doesn't have a name other than that, which Galactus mm-hmm. gives him. So Galactus flies off toward this rift in reality, and he is followed by none other than Dr. Doom. Who gives us a nice little toy toy commercial, basically, talking about his force field and rocket belt. Yeah. Just, you know, all the toys that you could get. This is one of those things that comics used to do a lot more, where they will do something and then also explain to you what they're doing. (laughs) Which in my day would be annoying to everybody around me. I'd be like, oh, now I'm uh, pipetting urine into uh, more buffer. Oh, I've ejected my tip and more urine into buffer. Does that put us on the explicit list? <laughs> I don't think so. I used the technical term. <laughs> oh. Um, but what? What? So what happens to these these two erstwhiles? Nothing good. No, the Beyonders definitely like no, 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 stop, and then they get <laughs> blasted backwards. Yeah, uh, sent down onto the the planet the, the surface of mm-hmm. the, the of the world um and then 
And we flash back to our heroes who are... A lot of this issue seems to be, like, people standing around in shock and awe. And Mm -hmm. this is kind of no exception. They're like, oh, man, he just did that to Galactus. Holy heck. Right. Um... Um, and then the, the heroes, um, are also suddenly on the surface as well. They are. They get their, yeah, they're, they're, which is just like one panel <laughs> they're there. there and the, oh, they're there. We, they, ha- we had to put them on the spaceships to start with. So the spaceships could be toys. If you, if you're going to have like kind of like somewhat nebulous continuity, you know, you just got to like dive in feet first. Um, so the heroes have this big debate about who will, be their leader. Right. And they, they also have somewhat of a debate about, um, Magneto again. Like, oh, yes. Should Magneto be a member of their team? And the mutants are sticking up for him. Um, meanwhile, the, a lot of the Avengers and other people are just not having it. No. Um, it's like Hawkeye kind of threatens Cyclops and then Wolverine's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not going to threaten Cyclops. But eventually, Magneto just kind of tosses them all aside with, um, like, a wave of his powers of, and, like, the big old chunk of metal metallic rock just brushes them all aside. And he's just like, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't need this. And flies off. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it, it was interesting he mentions uh, that it's not worth, like, mutants spilling blood. Like, I, I don't want you, you guys fighting because my mutant brethren are too good for this. Right. Magneto Magneto's an interesting villain. And, it, like, I think Magneto is a really fascinating villain for the reason of, like, he he's just he's kind of just an extremist. Mm-hmm. He will literally do anything for the survival of the the his people of Homo Superior of mute of mutant kind, mm-hmm. even to the point of like him like not wanting the X Men to be yeah. hurt at times. He he does th- uh, throw Thor though some mad props that says maybe just maybe Thor is equal to his greatness. <laughs> yeah, he basically is like none of you can beat me. Which okay, Hulk's there, um, but he's like except not nah, Thor. Thor could maybe do it. <laughs> and then, yeah, he flies off. So then this is when they decide um, that they need to pick out a leader. Yes. Yeah. So um, they've uh, got some of the obvious choices. They start first with, all right, we've got the, the leader of the Fantastic Four. And he's like, no, 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 no. My mind will be elsewhere with my pregnant wife. I surely, I cannot lead. Which if you, like... <sighs> Reed Richards, like, is a terrible dad and, like, is a terrible family man. So this is kind of, like, a okay, okay, Reed excuse. Um, and he, uh, he passes it off, you know, well, well, what about Hulk? What about you? You're actually smart right now. And Hulk's like, I don't want to tell people what to do. So uh, then we go to the, the leader of uh, one of our other groups there, who's Wasp. Yeah. Sounds like. Sounds like a great plan in my book, <laughs> you are, but Wasp's you are team excuse, wasp. I just, I cannot even get over this excuse, and you know, whatever. Did a, did a dude write it. Yeah. 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 So Wasp's excuse is that, uh, well, the people here might not know me that well, and so they may doubt me. And there's no room for doubt here. Which, oh my God. Basically just translates to, 
well, they don't know that they can trust me, a woman, but... So we should probably pick someone else. That is how I interpret it. She's a founding it. member of the Avengers. I she feel like is. every single person on this team would know who she is. Yeah. Why? Yeah. She has been around. Like, uh... Well, so who do they put in charge? Of course, it's Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and Cap- Captain America, he is he is the, the humble and reluctant leader here, but surely Professor X, and he's like, no, I can read what's in your heart, and he's, you know, and, uh, oh, um, he gets, uh, questioned by Wolverine. Wolverine. Wolverine, which I feel like in later comics is not really a thing, um, I feel like they're buds later, but Thor vouches for Captain America, and if... What's good for Thor is good for everybody, I guess. <laughs> right. I love this next page because I called it Doom and Galactus are sleeping off a bender. <laughs> yes. They're, they've survived being blasted down from the planet. And um, Doom wakes up and he wakes up and is like, I got to go convince these other villains that we shouldn't fight. Which, like, seems kind of strange. But the reason why is he thinks that that's stooping to, like, a lower level. Mm-hmm. He thinks, like... like he, he doesn't want to do what the Beyonder wants to do. No, he wants to, to like, outsmart the Beyonder. Because Doom is... That's just Doom. He would, he th- thinks um, playing the game is for insects. Uh, but it's great to me that he's like, I have to convince these villains that fighting is wrong. <laughs> um, however, he shows up and the villains are like, oh, cool, Doom's here. He'll be our leader. Yeah. Do- yeah, Doom is basically like, you're all small-minded idiots. Yeah. Um, calls them fools or something. And, uh, he, um, he, he, uh, smacks around, uh, Molecule Man a little bit. Molecule Man's like, hey, I want a house and friends and stuff. And Doom's like, no! <laughs> so, uh, you know, the villains, of course, were, you know, all on board with, I want, I want stuff, I want these things, and Dr. Doom gets, uh, fed up with them. Uh, and Dr. Doom just <laughs> explodes their base. Explodes up their whole base, and decides he's gonna go join the heroes. Specifically, he means, like, Reed Richards. He says, like, I have to join up with my greatest enemy. Because the thing with Reed and Doom is, like, they're enemies, but they have this pretty big, like, mutual... I don't know if respects the word, but it's like a knowledge of like, well, they're the, like they're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but as uh, Doctor Doom flies off, a uh, king just shoots him down. Yeah, blows him up with a big old space gun, uh, which gets the hero's attention. So they they go check out this explosion and uh, find uh, Doctor Doom. Well, uh, but this- the the. The transition. I'm very glad you wanted to talk about this great panel. <laughs> oh, it's it's fantastic. So we have this uh, this panel of all of the heroes in a in basically flight. We've got like a third of them just riding the wind of, that storm is creating. Yeah, we've got best. we've got Spidey who's got a web on the back of Hulk who's also carrying thing that's just like doing big leaps and bounds so it's sort of flight you know we got Iron Man just carrying a huge rock with some <laughs> heroes so standing on it yeah that's a fun panel so you know everybody who can fly is flying and then everybody who can't fly is being propelled in some ridiculous manner because I guess running there wasn't going to be fast enough. This would have been needed- a great time for a toy, <laughs> Mattel. 
They could have had some vehicles. Yeah. They should have all had little space vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they but find... But then we wouldn't have had that fantastic panel. No, this panel's great. I, I love this panel a lot. Um, so they find, uh, Dr. Doom, who's, you know, basically trying to convince them, hey, you know, we, we, I have this really important message and I know things, you, you guys are going to see things, uh, my way, but they're basically like, eh, you're a bad guy. Yeah. Cap's a little bit like. A like, little sympathetic. Yeah. But then everybody's like, no, we don't trust you. And so then Doom's like. Okay, and blows all them up too. Well, shoots them with his 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 wrist blasters. Yeah, um, and this and uh, he uh, he storms off, and then but then the rest of the villains come in on. Now, see, they have a sweet vehicle. Yeah. It, what were the heroes doing here? I don't know. It looks kind of like a really cool like ATAT type thing, long like walking legs. Oh, it does look super cool. For some reason, I didn't notice that. Uh, we got the wrecking crew on turrets too. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the end of the issue. It, it ends on the cliffhanger of the villains attacking. Mm-hmm. Comics used to have really great cliffhangers. Um, do you not consider this a good cliffhanger? I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a really big, I don't know that it's a, like, cliffhangery, but it does get me excited for, I mean, it's more of like we know what's gonna happen. There's gonna be a combat, like, <laughs> it's not like a mystery of They're, what comes next. Okay, you got me. <laughs> They're all gonna sit down and play chess. They're gonna settle these differences in a civilized fashion. <laughs> So what did like overall did you like this issue? Um well, it was a little bit slow to start for me and that's just because there was the necessary exposition I think for you to get the okay, we've all shown up here. It, yes. So I think for what had to happen, it was done pretty gracefully. Mhm. But the whole concept of all right, we've got 1920 like heroes we got 13 villains they're all here and boom like explaining how that came to be now it's gonna be kind of clunky so it's a little bit slow but i i think there's some definitely some good intrigue here with the all right what's what's the beyonders game what are they getting out of this right i do feel like a lot of this issue is just pumping up the beyonder to be Mm -hmm. like a big scary dude right he destroys a galaxy Takes out Galactus. Yeah, he says Just... that he can grant them anything they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the art the art's like totally fine. I don't think it breaks any sort of molds. Um, I mean, it's not like egregious, but it's kind of like Marvel House style in the eighties. This is like. A lot of times they would have their artists sort of emulate a particular style, and this kind of just seems like that. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're, I feel like if you're making a big Marvel crossover, I it, like in the '80s, it's your first one. I get why you're wanting to stick with sort of that comic booky house style. So the accolades part of our show is inspired by the minutia portion of another great podcast called Tighten Up the Defense. Um, Tighten Up the Defense is a podcast where um, two brothers, Hub and Corey talk um, alternatively about the new Teen Titans and the Defenders comics. And they are um, very funny and very informative in a way that um, I would love to aspire to be. Um, but their minutia portion is just kind of them talking about 
best something, worst something. So we're, we've kind of adapted that for our podcast with their permission. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to start with the, the coolest line? Um, I definitely want to start with, with the coolest line, which the coolest line for me is Wolverine. Oh, I think I know which one. It's where um, they're defending Magneto and Hawkeye gl- grabs Cyclops and Wolverine says, whoa, Cyclops is a jerk, but he's our jerk. <laughs> I thought you would pick that one. I enjoyed that line, too. Uh, but my coolest line, I think uh, I really enjoy humor in podcasts and uh, when they don't or humor in comics. Well, I enjoy humor in podcasts. I enjoy too. humor. in po- I really enjoy humor in comics uh, when they don't take themselves too seriously, when they kind of see themselves for what they are. Um and it's things line, uh, towards the, towards the beginning, they all you know, show up on this panel and, you know, Mr. Fantastic's talking about, uh, how they wound up here and everything. And, and, uh, thing just says, Hey, Torch, why don't you just shut up and look awestruck like the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line too. That was almost my greatest line. Um, I just, I love it when the thing says words. So. <laughs> So that was pretty great. Um, yeah, it was just, it was that one on the big splash page. That was like the line that like kind of feel like stuck out even in that splash page. Mm-hmm. Like there's like Reed Richards' techno babble and everybody else just going, whoa, what are we doing here? Um, so I thought that was really good. Do you want to bring us into the greatest hero? Okay. Greatest hero was really tough for me. Like I went back and forth. There, I mean, there's 19 definitive heroes with, you know, Magneto as a potential, like, 20 here. So there's a lot of heroes. Um, and I had to settle on, I guess, what I feel was the obvious choice, um, which, you know, Captain America becomes the leader of their little group. But he has mm-hmm. some really, like, inspiring moments where, you know, he reaches out to Doctor Doom. He's... um uh, you know, he takes, he kind of takes some leadership even before they appoint him as leader. He just, he has that compassion to me, uh, that I think is really indicative of a good hero. Uh, yeah. My, my runner up was Wasp just because I, I felt like, gosh, he really just bit the bullet there and said, no, I can't, I can't lead because I'm a woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> But Captain America, I think, is my uh, choice in this issue for the greatest hero. So I, I kind of went off the wall here. Mm-hmm. My greatest hero is Galactus. Mm, okay. I liked that he was so willing to want to end his world-eating hunger, thus saving possibly billions of people. That he, I mean, he was probably doing it more for his own conscience, but eh, that he like rushed off to, at the Beyonder, like kind of. That that was a really like noble thing. Like I just want this hunger to be quenched, so right. I don't. It did not make Galactus seem like a villain at all, even though he was lumped in with the rest of them. Right. Yeah. So he's getting my my uh, my greatest hero award this episode. I'll buy it. So our last um our last accolade is coolest moment. 
Yeah, so I feel like after our discussions, I think we probably chose the same panel. Okay, is it the thing of Doctor Doom just blasting the villain's face? Oh, no, no. Okay, that's mine. Um, It's the, the bit where Doctor Doom is just fed up with the villains and just blows their base apart and pieces out. It was just so Dr. Doomy, and I loved it. See, my coolest moment, we gushed so much about it, was the the flight scene with all of the heroes with their ridiculous methods of transporting everybody through the air. Like Maybe got- that just says a lot about us. I'm just like, cool, Dr. Doom blows stuff up. And you're like, look at this intricately made panel <laughs> of all these heroes flying. You know, you got storm being awesome they're like is this too much for you and storm's like huh you know whatever she's got this and you know all the goofy little bits of like oh you know hulk propelling you know people and just the the rock that iron man is holding (laughs) just massive like a slab holding up like what like three or four people that he probably could have just carried theoretically but no he's holding a rock and it's just you know you got him all in these ridiculous methods of yeah i wish that panel would have been a little bigger Uh, yeah yeah it was i mean it was pretty good though so um I guess that's our accolades for now. Um, if you listeners have any idea for good accolades, we will, of, of course, entertain your ideas. Thank you for listening. This was Chris's On Infinite Earths. I'm Christina Edelman. I'm Chris Edelman. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Tweeted us using the hashtag InfiniteCast. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs> <laughs>